0: And I remember just kind of taking a breath before and, and calming myself down and saying, you know, like I said, I'm putting on this jersey. This is what I've dreamed about since I was a kid. I got the chance to wear the Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. And I remember going out there for the first shift and and like come back to the bench, like out of breath. I'm like, well, I'm in shape. Why am I out of breath? And it's just because like everything's going. Your nerves are going.
1: You're all worked you're, up. You know, every you're, every yeah.
0: stride you take is 100%.
1: That was Zach Hyman. And this is the Connor Carrick Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Connor Carrick podcast. I'm your host, current New Jersey Devils defenseman, Connor Carrick. On our podcast, we talk about high performance, mental, and physical well being. We try to become curious about the quest of our guests and, and how they've achieved such, such excellence in their respective uh, fields. Our guest today is former teammate of mine, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf Zach Hyman. He is uh, a veteran of 302 NHL games. He also is an accomplished children's book author, uh, on top of owning his own uh, e-gaming company, E11 Gaming, which he claims is a professional esports organization launched in 2018. One of the most successful Fortnite squads in the world. I have to take him at his word. I don't. I don't play Fortnite. He also uh, hosts the Zach Hyman Celebrity Golf Classic every summer. Uh, Continuing to well, you know, round out his platform and his influence and his community there in Toronto where he calls home. I am very excited to talk to Zach. Grateful for our time together. I I loved going to war with him as a teammate. I have a lot of respect for him, you know, whether I'm playing with or against Zach Hyman. So let's do it today. Himes, thanks, man. Um, Because I'm super excited about our our talk today uh, because... You know, you, I've played with probably more teammates than I would like with the trades. <laughs> uh, but we always got along really well. And I just had a respect for your craft and how you you did a really nice job knowing exactly who you were every day you came to the rink. You, you brought a level of consistency to your game and to your effort level that, you know, I think is as, as a young professional, it, it can be a lot for people to develop. I think it was something that you naturally, you know, it's just a part of who you are. And you know I wanted to start with you know professionally in, in hockey and we'll get to what you're doing in the community of Toronto for charity and what you're doing with the gaming company because I know nothing about gaming so you're going to have to walk me through it. All right. But Go. like you know a, as a young player in in the greater Toronto area like the NHL is hockey's everything. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. Like, what was your, you had five boys, you're the oldest of five in your family. I'm the oldest of three boys. Like, how did you, who was responsible for your development growing up? Who are some of the coaches? You know, your dad, what was it like being the oldest brother in a family of five?
0: Yeah, man, it was, uh, it was and is still wild. (laughs) (laughs) As you know, in a house of boys, um, you know, our basement was uh, littered with holes and, uh, you know, mini sticks were thrown and broken and you know lots of bruises but uh it was uh it was fun man it was fun growing up in in our house we always had uh all of our friends would always come to our house our house was kind of like the hub on the street where we'd play road hockey and and all that stuff and uh you kind of nailed on the head with with toronto you know growing up in toronto every kid you know you want to be a hockey player and you want to play for the leafs there are some Small, small Montreal fans who had family in Montreal and they came mm-hmm. over and they're always the you know the kid in class wearing the halves jersey and everybody's like boo. Like yeah, what are you yeah, doing? Is yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> always one of them, but you know for the most part, ninety nine percent of of all kids who grew up here are uh, are born Leaf fans, right? So, um, yeah, it's it's a long journey to get to uh, to the NHL. Everybody wants to get there, and you know I don't I, I'm really lucky in the sense that everything kind of fell in line for me to to. You know have the opportunity to even play on on the leafs and it's a long road and i guess mm-hmm. we'll go into it a little bit but um man it, it's, it's been fun and uh you know happy to be on thanks for having me we'll have uh, we'll have some fun hopefully we can even tell the uh the one time i stole uh, a fitness belt from you
1: yeah we'll get there it'll be towards the end when hopefully all our listeners skip that part <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's actually why I just got the Peloton upstairs, just in case, you know, I have to do that treadmill test with Lula oh, Rolo man. again. Um, yeah, that was no fun. We'll, I actually want to, we'll, we'll get to the treadmill test, but like what, growing up, what is maybe the most, like I have a couple stories myself, what was like the, the biggest fight you and your brothers had with Shinny in the basement? Oh,
0: you know, it, this kind of went outside the basement, me and my brother Spence. This is like uh, it's classic. We were we played in a 3 on 3 league. Um and I think we might have been like 14 and 15 at the time, we're a year apart, and we we're just like I think we were just we were just on each other all game. Like we were always competitive and like you, you know how it is when when you're on the ice with, with one of your brothers, you you just give them shit like if they miss 100%. a pass, like, you're just like all over them. So he was either all over me or I was all over him, and we might have been losing in the game. And I remember, I think we went down on a two-on-one and I think he looked me off and he just missed the net. And then all of a sudden, like we dropped the gloves and we were just fighting (laughs) and and we're on the same team. We're on the, and this is like, just just like shinny hockey in summer, three on three. And everybody, like the whole, like all the other teammates and all the parents are looking at us like. What is wrong with these What's wrong with these kids? They're on the same team, and the ref had to send a, like separate us, and we both got kicked off, and we had to go and we went into the same locker room, and we were we laughed about it afterwards. But like, imagine a three-on-three game; we were just in a fight so it's uh it was crazy
1: a lot of people don't know about that trick that if you don't want to back check you just try and find somebody to fight on the <laughs> way back and you don't have to skate all the way
0: exactly exactly I
1: uh my brother and I I remember I was playing goalie I always thought it was cool I played goalie and I wore like this big shirt so my you know my ribs would have like wings yeah, yeah I look like Jean Sebastian's you know <laughs> Jaguar and that and my uh my brother Blake you know need me in the groin he was, yeah. he was trying to you know get pucks in deep and drive the net hard <laughs> and I took this super Bowl like in a in a frenzy and, and absolutely chucked it at him. And to this day, I think it's like deep in the foundation of our home, like in the drywall. I don't know yeah. where this super ball was. I was so mad.
0: The wall absorbed it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, growing up, you know, what was sort of the the hockey philosophy in your home? Because I and and just a comment on like what a Mecca, you know, the city of Toronto is for hockey. Like I was so jealous in youth tournaments. I'd go up mm-hmm. to Toronto and catch TSN and seven of the 10 top tens would be hockey plays. Oh yeah. Eight of the top tens. Whereas, you know, I used to come home from school, you know, I, I believe it or not, I, I, we could talk about, you know, how we're both decently uh, fitness freaks now, but, I used to sit down with the thing, a mint uh, chocolate chip ice cream. It was an Edie's chocolate chip ice cream before practice every day. I'd watch around the horn on ESPN and just pray that like hockey highlights would come on. Right. You know, but.
0: Yeah, no, I mean like, yeah, for me, it it was only hockey highlights. Like I remember I would wake up uh, in the morning and have breakfast and we have a small TV in our kitchen. And uh, it was back in the day where you run channel 53 actually. Uh, and it would just be hockey highlights uh it would just you know be the, the the all the goals that were scored the previous night and i'd just sit there and eat that and you know or eat breakfast and watch uh and then i'd go to school and you know we'd talk with all my friends about you know the leafs game the, the night before and recess we'd play you know ball hockey it was just all hockey all the time and then you'd come home and um you know most days you would go to practice or you would play a game and uh, or you'd have like skill work and it was just, you know, hockey all the time. And, and, and it wasn't, it was, it wasn't uh, like overload for us because we just loved it. And when you, when you like doing something, it's not, as you know, it's not work, it's just fun. So that was kind of growing up in Toronto and just being consumed by hockey 24 seven.
1: Who were, who were some of your favorite? Cause I'm really interested in this because I think even when I would talk to like my brothers about knowing like what your strengths and weaknesses are mm-hmm. on the ice, I don't know if I've ever played with a player as clear in what you're trying to do every night. Yeah. Um, and I, and you know, when we were young, like we broke in still pretty young our, our opening night for the Leafs was the, the same night. Yeah. You know uh, your first NHL game was the day I got traded there. February
0: 29th. Um, February 29th. Year. That's it. 2016.
1: 2016. Um. You know who who did you model your game after growing up, or was that something that was maybe coaching you later in junior and yeah. in college?
0: Yeah, it, it it was definitely later. I mean, I think that when you're you're trying to ascend the levels as a forward, you have to score goals and you have to put up points, mm-hmm. and that's kind of um, you know, for better or worse, that's really how you get noticed is is by your your statistics. So. You know, early on, you just try to be a, a goal scorer, a point scorer, and, you know, you want to get to the next level. So that's kind of, you know, in juniors, I scored a lot of points, and then I got to go to uh, the University of Michigan, and that's kind of really where I learned how to play hockey. Uh, I got to get be coached by Red Berenson and, and practice with all these first-round, second-round guys. And... Um, every day and and just compete against those guys and and as you know in college you play a shortened season so you're really practicing more and you're working on your body and and whatnot so i remember i came into michigan as this highly touted recruit um like i I won the cjhl player of the year the year before and i was like man this is going to be easy like i'm going to walk in there and i'm going to you know i'm going to take off and i'll score a point a game and you know I you know it it would just be the same as it was and I got in there and you know boy was I wrong I Mm -hmm. had nine points in my first you know 40 games um I didn't I didn't really know how to play a two-way game I think that I just you know kind of just thought that I would pick up where I left off and and score goals and it wasn't for a lack of trying like I always kind of you know tried to be the best version of myself I always worked hard it just you know, the, the jump was pretty significant for me. And I remember, uh, Red Berenson kind of pulled me into his office after end of the year team meeting after, um, you know, my first year. And he says, you know, Zach, you're doing all the right things. You're working hard. You know, you just need to keep going and keep working and, you know, have a positive attitude. And, and I think that, you know, if you're going to make the NHL, you're going to really have to figure out, you know, how you're going to make the NHL. Like, what are you going to be good at because, you know, right now you're not you're not scoring goals. You're not putting up points. So so how are you going to make the NHL? And that kind of hit me like, man, if I can't if I can't score goals at the college level, like how am I going to score goals at the next level? Like how, what what can I do better? You know, that that than anybody else? What, what can I work on that, you know, will separate me from from other people? Because, you know, there are tons of hockey players out there and they all have skill and everybody works on their skills. So I was like, you know, what can I own? And and that's really, you know, I said, you know, I'm pretty strong and pretty fast. So, you know, can I go get the puck? Like, can I can I be on the puck all the time? Can I be hard to play against all the time? And he's, you know, he's like, he told me, he's like, you know, the, the way you're going to make it to the next level is you got to be an elite penalty killer. And you got to be an elite two-way player. And you can be, a, you know, now the NHL is turning into, you know, grinders who can score. So I said, yeah. okay, you know you know, maybe I can do that. So I worked on it, um, you know. I worked on it a bunch. Uh, worked on all that stuff. Worked on getting stronger because I was still like a 19-year-old kid in college. I had a lot of room to grow and develop. So I said, you know, I'm going to work hard, harder than anybody in the gym. I'm going to be one of the, you know, most fit players, um, and I'm going to, you know, do the things that, you know, some guys don't want to do. I'm going to go into the corners and get the puck back, and then, you know, maybe I'll be able to score later on. So I did it again. And my second year had nine points again. And I'm like,
1: shit! Like, <laughs> yeah, what, I did I, it. I'm what? Like, yeah.
0: I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm doing all these things. Like, I'm working my bag off. Like, I don't understand why, 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 why haven't I taken the next, like, the next jump? And I had the meeting with Red again. He's like, you know, you're doing all the right things, Zach. Just, you know, stick to the stick to the process. You know, keep doing it keep working hard. And I was like, you know, yeah, okay. I, I, I'm just, you know, there's nothing, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to sit here and sulk and cry about it? Or am I just going to keep, you know, put my foot on the gas and, and keep going. Right. So then I said, you know what, we'll keep going. So again, third year comes around and I had like three points in 17 games. I'm like, man, I'm on pace for nine points again. <sighs> like what is happening? And then, uh, kind of like a, I guess there's a switch flipped and I got moved up in the lineup. And then I finished the year off with, you know, 15 points in 15 games and then uh, had a breakout year my senior year and kind of everything came together. But the key, I guess, was just to have the positive attitude and, and to just work hard and just work through it and to own something that other guys, you know, don't have or don't want to do, right?
1: Well, you said something earlier. You were talking about, you know, how everything kind of aligned for you growing up. You got lucky a bunch. And anybody, yeah. that I think, that plays in the NHL at our, at our level, you we respect just how how hard it is how congested the top of the nhl is how hard it is to get there and stay there and you know when i hear your michigan story it's exactly the same principle i'm honestly trying to apply to my pro career is yeah. if you work hard enough long enough and you try to do you know have the right habits in your game you can maximize like the surface area of your luck you can stick yeah. around long enough where you know what the sun shines on you and you get to play with a really dynamic player. uh, you know, right now you play along, you know, Austin Matthews and Johnny Tavares, you guys have a, a really dynamic group, you know, with the Leafs and with Michigan, who was it, JT Confer?
0: No, I ended up playing with uh uh Dylan, Larkin and my last on, year. It was yeah, on the top in my line. senior okay. year. So that was yeah, we worked well together.
1: And uh, you know, it's 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 amazing how you know if you're able to do that you give yourself a chance, but if you don't have like the right habits and work ethic, and, and if you don't enjoy the process, like so many guys fade before they ever get a chance, you know, mm-hmm. to get lucky. Oh yeah. Um, no, I agree. You know, t- I, I did want to talk a little bit about, you know, how you ended up at Michigan being an Ontario kid. So when I grew up, you know, you, you discussed wanting to play for the Leafs. You know, when I grew up, the Blackhawks were on TV. So the NHL was talked about, but like the big goal coaches it was division one hockey yeah and i we were almost teammates at university of michigan because i i slept underneath michigan covers growing (laughs) up like it was my dream through and through i wanted to play for the you know the blue and mace and it it wasn't meant to be i ended up going ohl which i didn't even know was a thing until i was you know 15 16 years old you know how did you how did you end up at michigan what was your decision there
0: yeah no you know what it's it's hard like you're, you're telling you know, for, for those who are listening and don't know the, the way that, you know, the CHL and OHL work is when you're you're 16, you get drafted and you got to make a decision like, you know, am I going to go semi-pro? Once you go to the OHL or, or WHL or Q, you, you, your, your college eligibility is gone. They consider it pro. So you, you got to make a decision before you even... Uh, you even know what you necessarily want. So for me, I was lucky in a sense that one, I knew that I needed time to develop. So mm-hmm. I needed extra time and college, you know, gave you that time where you don't have to turn pro until, you know, 22, 23, sometimes 24 for, for some guys. Whereas in the OHL, you can only play until you're 20. So it gave me that extra time. And two, I, I always wanted to go to school. Um, it was always my dream. I was actually committed to Princeton first. Um, and then uh, the coach actually left to go to Penn State so I you know opened up um, and looked at all these other teams and Michigan was just kind of something that offered you know the top academics along with an elite program and an elite coach who's coached multiple NHL players and that was always my dream was to to get to the NHL. So what better way to do that than to be coached by somebody who's, you know, arguably the greatest college coach of all time and uh, and to play against players play with and against players uh, in practice who are first round picks so We had multiple first round picks and multiple second round picks. So those guys. Uh, are considered an elite NHL prospects. So, uh, I was a fifth-round pick. I said, you know, I, if I can go against those guys and compete and practice against those those guys every day, then it'll only make me better. And uh, I was lucky that uh, I went to a school like that, where you I had to face tons of adversity early on and really help you know define me as a person. So it was uh, it was a great choice, personal choice. But everybody's got a different choice, and you know, yours worked out too, right? So well, that's no right yeah. answer.
1: So really three people, three groups of people kind of, you know, ask for, you know, my thoughts on, on social media and, you know, with mm. the podcast. And and one is like heads of family, moms, dads, you know, with younger athletes, Yeah. sometimes not athletes, but uh, moms and dads, it was asking for advice about fitness, nutrition, whatever. 20 uh, somethings trying to do something, you know, like other kids, my age coming out of college, you know, trying to, you mm. know, do something bigger in the world, friends, family of mine. And then youth players. And, you know, the advice I give them, I guess, on this hockey decision, because I get asked about, you know, why I went to the OHL instead of right. going to college, is I try to come at it with the same way that you did when you decommitted from Princeton, is you have to make the decision that's personally best for you in every circumstance is one of one. Yeah, You know, like I was totally ready to go to Michigan. Uh, Jacob Truba commits there. John Merrill, I thought, was going to be a one-and-done guy, he stays through his junior junior year. And all of a sudden, like 40 minutes on the blue line is, mm-hmm. you know, gone overnight. Yeah. Um, and it, it really worked It worked out for me, uh, you know, going to the OHL and more open, uh, you know, blue line with the Plymouth Whalers. There was power play time available. There was, you know, things that I was able to bring with me into my into my pro career. Um, you know, but so you ended up, you were originally drafted by Florida. Mm-hmm you know, and I was drafted in, in Washington again, you know, another fifth round pick myself, you know, you ended up going the four years at, at Michigan, right? So you could, um, you eventually get traded to the Leafs. So talk about your draft day and sort of what that process was over the years, um, to lead to a point where you weren't going to sign with them.
0: Yeah. Um, Draft day was for me, my draft was 2010. Uh, I was playing in uh, junior A for the Hamilton Red Wings. Uh, and I had a feeling I was going to get drafted. I wasn't, you know, I I was a good player. I played in junior A, but uh, only a couple of kids out of our league get drafted every year, so it's not uh, not a sure thing by any means. But uh, as you know, um, you know your advisor. I mean, my my advisor, who's now my agent, but he was my advisor at the time because of the uh, eligibility rules. You know, he told me that there's a good chance that uh, that you're going to get taken. Actually, I think Toronto was one of the teams that had interest in me. Um, but he's like, you know, th- there's a select teams that are interested I think there's five of them or whatever. And we think that, you know, you have a good shot of getting taken, so you should go to the draft. I said, okay. Uh, you know, I'd love to go to the draft. This mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, you know, wow, like imagine if I got drafted, how cool that would be to go, go back home and, and tell, tell all your friends and they'll all see it on the, on the TV and whatnot. And uh, I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. So I ended up going to the draft. It was in LA, um, ended up getting picked in the fifth round by Florida. Uh, and at the time, I didn't, you know, I had, I, I just wanted to get drafted. It didn't matter what team drafted me. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Florida Panthers, you know, weather's warm. You know, I, I, I could see myself playing here. This is going to be awesome. tax
1: structure, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah great tax you're structure. Guy, you're a smart
1: guy, business guy.
0: Exactly. And, and I, you know, the, the, I got to, uh, it was the first time, I guess, where, you know, your dream almost becomes reality where it's like, hey, you know, I, I can actually see a path of me getting to playing in the NHL. Whereas, like, before, it's kind of like, you're just playing hockey and you're just ascending the levels and you're just trying to get better and try to be the best at, you know, in your, in your age group or or on your team to, in order to get to the next level. But when you get drafted, it's like you actually have conversations with people who are running, you know, an NHL team and it's kind of cool. It's like, Whoa, like, you know, I'm this far away from making it. And then you go to the your first development camp and you're around all these different prospects and and the number one overall pick or or the number first round pick, whoever it was, um, is there and and all that stuff. And you get to play against you get to get to kind of gotta gauge yourself against where other people are at. Uh and I came out of my first development development camp being like, hey, you know, I'm not that far off of at some of these guys. Like that was really cool. Anyways, you know, as a as a college player, you have less contact with with your um, with with the team that drafts you, because you know, for me, they saw me as a project that you know was going to take at least three or four years before mm. uh, I'd sign a pro contract, and I was more than fine with that. I wanted to go to school, Um, I wanted to get my degree, I wanted to develop. I didn't want to rush anything because. I didn't, I didn't see there, there, you know, there wasn't a need for me to rush. I wasn't in a position where I could jump right into the NHL or the AHL. So I said, you know, college is going to be great. So the way that it worked was, you know, you'd have a couple calls every month from your uh, head of player development. Um, actually, it was Brian Scudelin at the time, and Brian McCabe. So Brian McCabe was a former relief, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool being able to talk to him. Uh, so I had conversation with them once every month for like three years, go to development camp every year, very limited, you know, contact, but it's cool because they're watching and they're sending notes and support and whatnot. not. Um, anyways, so my fourth year comes around. Um, I finished my fourth year and, um, you know, I had a great fourth year. Um, and this is kind of a decision where, you know, do I sign in Florida or do I, you know, take this opportunity to explore all my options, kind of like what I did for college. Uh, and at the time, you know, Florida had tons of young players in their system. Uh, it was a pretty competitive landscape and you know I was confident in my abilities but um you know I wanted to give my chance myself the best chance to succeed uh, right uh, and they're a great organization they you know they treated me very well um anyway so we held off on negotiations and um and then I uh got traded to the leafs on uh, right near the draft uh, i got a phone call um i think it was from Kyle so i got a phone call from Kyle uh, Dubas, who was, uh, the, the Leafs were, you know, at the time, they're restructuring everything. Um, you know, Shanny came on and, you know, things were kind of, the, it was changing. The culture was changing. Everything was changing. I was kind of right at the start of it. Uh, so I got a call from, from Kyle saying that, you know, my rights have been traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, and I looked at you know where everything was within the organization, and and it was kind of just starting, like they were just starting to stockpile stockpile prospects. I think they just you know had Willie, uh, or maybe that that could have been Willie's draft per se. But anyways, it was just you know it was kind of open, and it was uh, it was wide open for anybody to kind of make the team, and and I wanted to be a part of something um, with a bunch of young players, and obviously you know being in Toronto. Uh, you know, that's uh, the cherry on top and, and having the opportunity to play for the Leafs was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So obviously I, uh, I signed the contract, signed with them, um, and that's kind of how things happened. Um, and it was, you know, it worked out obviously for the best, uh, but uh, it was uh, it was a crazy journey, I guess, from being drafted in 2010 to, you know, not signing my first contract until 2015. Uh, so it was five years.
1: And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's a decision that's really difficult and you, you try to honor, you know, the team that drafts you. But at the end of the it's so difficult by the numbers to make it to the NHL. And you know how it is. Like, you can be an NHL player, but if the club's got four right wings that are better than you, you're yeah. in the minors. Like, that's not exactly. the way – the market isn't friendly to, um, you know, those types of situations. So you got to – you know, as a player, there's only so many windows you have to exercise leverage and and you got to do what's right. But for for you, how exciting was it being a part of, because we played our first game as a Leaf uh, on February 29th, 2016. I remember, <clears throat> you know, people asked me about this day. First off, when I got traded, uh, Lou Lamarillo had called me that night. It was like midnight. We had just played like a three and three. Maybe it was a little <laughs> earlier than that. But we had just played, uh, uh, or was it three games of four nights? I can't remember now. But I was driving, pull over. Lexi and I were in the car. Actually, Chandler Stevenson was in the car with us too, who stood up at my wedding, plays for the Vegas Golden Knights now. And like, you know, I, I'm shook up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm excited to go to Toronto, but I'm, I'm nervous. And the conversation was, it was a Sunday night. He goes, hey, uh, don't worry about it. Tomorrow, we'll fly you out of Hershey. It will fly you out at like 3, 4 p.m. And then you'll play on Tuesday for the Marlies. There was a 10 o'clock school kids game, right? They were playing the 10 a.m. game. So I stay up that night till like 3 or 4 in the morning, and I'm just packing my stuff, and and Lexi was helping me, and there's no really right way how to handle your trade. You just try to get out of there as best you can with what you got. And then I wake up that Monday morning, the twenty ninth, with like forty missed phone calls from Kyle Dubas <laughs> saying, "Hey, uh, change of plans. You're gonna play tonight against Tampa. Uh, your flight is at you know like one o'clock out of Philly, which was two hours away. Like <laughs> you gotta go. Yeah. Uh, so hustle up, get to the car, and and with all the different bags, you know, just you know, we weren't uh, proud of being where we were in the standings, but we were we also weren't the reason. We weren't around all year, you know." Mm-hmm. I remember it being like a, almost like a summer all-star tournament. There was yeah. like eight or nine different logos, a bag showing up, you know, like half our team is introducing each, each other, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm Connor Carrick. Nice to meet you. I'm a right shot. If you see, if you hear me beaver tail at the point, <laughs> give me the puck. Um, you know, but talk, talk to me about, you know, that game. Cause that not only is it nerve wracking enough. We're at home. You're playing Toronto. Yep. I'm worked up. You know, I got, just got traded that day. I'm all excited. I got the trade juices gone. Oh yeah. But we're playing Tampa Bay, you like a, a real deal team that night. You know, what do you remember from that night?
0: Oh, I remember everything. It was my first NHL game. I remember the day before um, Kyle gave me a call and, you know, told me that I was going to get called up and I'd be playing in my first NHL game, you know, the following day being uh, against Tampa Bay. And. I remember uh, I was living at home at the time. It was my first year out of college, so I, you know, wanted to live at home because I was away from home for four years. So sleeping in my, you know, my childhood bed where, you know, I grew up and <laughs> the I had race car
1: these, bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: well, we upgraded later on, but more or less, I had all these, you know, leaf, leaf jerseys hung up in my room because uh, you know I idolized the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I had you know, I still slept with all the, you know, all the all the things on the wall and all my childhood stuff, and uh, I was like. I was like, you know, I, this is crazy. Like, I, I, you know, I've slept in this bed every night and, you know, dreamed about playing in the NHL and if, and, and I'm going to go to bed now, I got to try to fall asleep now and and I'm playing in the NHL tomorrow. It was at, at the ACC, yep. you know, in front of all my friends and family. Like, this is, this is not crazy. And I remember I got the phone call and I ran downstairs and I, you know, told my dad and, and my brothers and my mom and everybody was like going crazy and everybody was excited because, you know if anything else fails it's, you know you're able to you, you can say you played in the nhl and to to have that like wow like you're you know my dream is coming true tomorrow type of feeling it's like this is crazy anyways uh, i remember everything with about the game I remember we got there um you know i got called up um willie got called up cappy got called up uh, nikita soshnikov got called up so the four of us got called up uh, you got traded. I think Benny Smith got traded. Yep. I think Brooks light got traded that they, all that day. We had yeah. eight or eight to 10 new players. Um, and luckily like fortunate for me, I knew the system cause uh, you know, the and the least ran the exact same system. You're going in cold Turkey. Nothing. <laughs> you're just going out there to play. I was going it. rogue. I was doing yeah.
1: what I, <laughs> that was, you're, that was what Bab said you're to going his rogue. credit. Yeah, you're he was going like, going Hey, rogue. just play. We'll figure out the systems tomorrow.
0: Exactly. And and uh, I remember, you know, there's a lot of nerves and anxiety that go into that because you got like one chance to make a good first impression in a game, obviously. And I remember just kind of taking a breath before and, and calming myself down and saying, you know, like I said, I'm putting on this jersey. This is what I've dreamed about since I was a kid. I got the chance to wear the Toronto Maple Leafs jersey and go and, you know, we were playing against Tampa. So it was against like those, you know, Stamkos, Hedman, like Kucherov, big name players. And you're you're going out there and you're like, I remember going out there for the first shift and and like come back to the bench like out of breath. I'm like well, I'm in shape. Why am I out of breath? And it's just cause like everything's going. Your nerves are going.
1: You're all worked up. You're you're all up. You're, oh, you're, every yeah.
0: stride you take is a hundred percent. Whereas in a normal game, like you go a hundred percent, then you you know you know when to glide, you know when to you know recover a little bit. But your first game, you're going all out all the time. And I remember just, I think we lost uh, four or three, but I remember, you know, I played pretty well and I was really happy with it. And friends and family were there and it was just a crazy experience. And I was you were part of it, you were I part was, of it. I was, I
1: uh, was. You remember my fight? Yeah, JT, it was JT Brown. Brown, right? Yeah, he didn't like the hit. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that. Maybe I'll have him on. Um, You know, like I always found the first game advice, you know, funny, because everyone tells you just like, hey, Go out and enjoy it. Go out and enjoy it, and you're like, enjoy it. This is my dream. I want to play here ten years. I want to play well tonight. I'm not yeah. worried about. I will enjoy it. I have fun every game. Yeah, it's amazing too. The uh the difference between the NHL and the AHL.
2: Mm-hmm. Like oh,
1: people, yeah. it's it is. uh I know they're you know considered the two best leagues in the world, and the KHL's in there, or whatever. But like the difference between the NHL and the AHL when you first get up there, like the Christmas of pass. The, the size of player on average, like mm. the speed of the game. um, You know, it's such a, it's why we love playing this league so much. It's why it's so special. Yeah, no, so, I
0: completely agree.
1: So we, we go through after that game. We, we actually, I think fared pretty well, given our, you know, yeah. what we had for talent, the, the rest, the, I think we both got sent down after the, was it after the Florida Panthers game in Florida, right? All yeah. four of us, me, you, yeah. Brownie, 16 and later. Renat, uh, Valley yeah, I'm pretty sure I had a bonus that if I played one more game, I would have gotten, you know, and I think Lou, Lou sniffed that out. He didn't let that one get by him. So I had, I had, I think it was 19 games on the year because I had three with Washington, uh, you know, prior to the trade, we go on the Marley's run, which was awesome. That was kind of, you know, my uh, announcing to the, to the organization that I wanted to be around the next year. and And that's how I took it anyway. We end up losing to Hershey, actually, my old team in the in the conference final, which to me to this day is still one of the hardest losses. Like I thought we mm-hmm. had a team to win. It's one of my greatest regrets. Yeah. Uh that one really stung. But we both played together on opening night, October eleventh, twenty sixteen. And there's something about like you we knew the difference between okay, you're getting a game because you know, you're getting called up because the team was no good and we're yeah. we're you know, kind of cleansing the organization. We're going to, you know, try and create this like big wave of prospects. Um, but when we made that team in 2016, we knew we had a chance to be good. Like we knew what the conversation was outside our room, but we knew what our expectations were inside the room. You know, I wanted, I wanted your perspective because I remember, you know, uh, that was uh, Austin Matthews' first game. Mm-hmm. That was Mitch Marner's first game. What do you remember about like that training camp and sort of the excitement of that season
0: yeah uh, I remember uh, I mean I remember a lot about it um and then going into it you know nobody was really a lock to make it obviously it was mm-hmm. kind of open open season for everybody to try and try and get get on the team and I had uh, 16 games of experience a prior year like you said when we got called up and I really wanted to make the team and really wanted to you know I, I thought this was my chance to kind of you know become an NHL player and, and, and and really own, own it and, and become, um, you know, a, a day in, day out player. So uh, I remember I worked really hard that summer. Um, we had, a, I mean, we had a great, great training facilities, as you know, in Toronto, we got to be around the guys all the time. The guys who stayed here in the summer and trained, trained really hard. And I just remember, you know, obviously with Austin getting drafted, uh, with Mitch, you know, coming on with Willie on, like we had such a young team with all these, you know, high end, high end players and, um, you know, I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be a part of this new young wave. Uh, and I got a chance to play with William Austin in preseason and we clicked and we worked well and uh, made the team and got to play on that line and we stuck together the whole year. So uh, it was pretty cool, you know, being able to be, with, be able to play with those guys. Um, you know, the team that we had that was so young, being able to make the playoffs with all the excitement we had, being able to play against Washington, you know, giving Washington a hard time, taking them all the way to game six. Um, when they were one of the top teams in the league and just I, th- I remember I just feeling like there was, a, it was such a big year for of growth for us and for the team and for all the players involved. And we were just so young. So I thought it was uh, so much excitement. The city kind of all rallied behind us. I know you remember mm-hmm. that, like, um, you know, we didn't really have any expectations. Right. It was just kind of, you know, go out there and have fun and learn. And, I you know, I thought, um, you know, Babs was great with with me. Obviously, I, I really enjoyed, um, you know, him and he really, really helped me um, you know, become the player that I, that I am. And, uh, yeah. So I, I, I thought that, uh, you know, that year, um, was, you know, big for me personally, but big for us as a team.
1: There were three, I mean, when Matt scored four goals in his yeah. first game, like I, I couldn't believe, uh, the talent on this kid. Like it was so sick that he, like yeah. if I even, you know, made, like one tape-to-tape pass in my first NHL game. Like, I was thrilled. I was like, right, man, I've got it. Like, I'm I'm in the flow now. Uh, to score four, that was one of my favorite memories, just being a part of that game, knowing I was witnessing, you know, the, the birth of such a high-end player. Uh, the outdoor game was that year, which was super special. And then I'd say that first NHL playoff game, that was the first NHL playoff game I ever played in. Like, at Washington had such expectations. That building, when they you know, we skated on the ice for warmups was like, I'll never forget that, Um, you know, and then, so the next year was a little, a little choppy. We, the team ends up losing to Boston and that was my last year with the team. And then, you know, you guys ended up losing to Boston the next year, similar fashion. And you've had, and this, I think, you know, I just want to highlight, like we talked earlier about your tough years in college and we talked about it in like six minutes, about two and a half years of mm-hmm. every day coming to the rink. I'm not progressing towards my dream. Yeah. I'm not progressing towards my dream. I'm struggling. I'm fighting it. And you got to live with that all summer long, you know, all, and and that's a long time to have to come to the rink with a, with a bit of doubt. And you're always trying to prove yourself as a player, but I think I've, I've admired the way. You know, you've been able to handle some of that doubt over the course of, of your career. You've had a couple really tough playoff losses, ACL injury. You know, ad- adversity is this thing that no one ever wishes on themselves. But, you know, where, where do the lessons start for you? Like, what have you learned about yourself and really your LEAF team as you've gone through some of these things now? Mm-hmm. And what, yeah. and really what advice do you give to? You know, young players that are going through certain scenarios, seat down seasons, yeah, serious injury.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a big question there. You know, there's a lot of parts to that. I think, uh, from a personal aspect and and from a hockey standpoint, I think that something that that really helped me um, was having outside interests, having things that that uh, you know that I could do outside of hockey, not just being a hockey player. When you have you know something that you're so consumed in already when it's your whole life and and it's not going as you expect, it can almost weigh on you in a sense that, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not achieving, you know, my my, outside of hockey, like I'm not personally succeeding where that it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like that. You know, hockey is something that you love to do. Hockey is something that I love to do. Hockey is something that, you know, it's my job, but it's not all encompassing. It, It shouldn't be all encompassing. You should have other things, that can propel you and that can, that can make you feel good about yourself and that you love to do. And it doesn't even have to be from a business you know, standpoint. It can be from a personal standpoint, you know, if you like to play an instrument and it gives you joy and you like doing that, then go do that. If you like to play video games, uh, you know, go do that. If you like to read books, if you like to learn, if you want to learn another language, you know, go do that, do things, outside of hockey that you can find enjoyment out of. I think that that's something that I really learned in college. You know, I I enjoyed going to class. I took classes. I enjoyed, you know, doing well in school and succeeding in school. Um, And, you know, that alleviated some pressure. Whereas, you know, I was hockey wasn't, you know, my entire life. It was something that I really wanted to do. I really wanted to make the NHL. It was, you know, my biggest dream. But, you know, I can only control what I can control. I can control how hard I work. I can control my attitude that I bring to the rink uh, and, you know, I can, I can control how present I am in the moment. And those are the three things, you know, that I told myself, you know, you know, I may not make the NHL. Like I'm going to do all these three things. Like I'm going to work my bag off. I'm going to bring a positive attitude and be positive around my teammates. Nobody likes to be around somebody who's always bringing them down and negative. Uh, And I'm going to do those two things and I'm going to be present in the moment. And if hockey works out for me, then you know that's that's great and i'm going to give myself every opportunity in the world to make that happen but you know what sometimes it's, you know for not everybody's going to make the nhl right like not it's just not on the cards for everybody but for me you know i was i was i knew that if if that wasn't the case i was going to be okay cuz i had other things that i wanted to do i had other things that i like to do um, and i think that that's really really important so you know for me you know i worked my my bag off i had a positive attitude and i kept getting better because of those two things i kept improving i kept working out i kept you know getting stronger i kept getting faster and i figured out you know how i was going to be an effective player in the nhl and it ended up working out for me um, and you know that's you know awesome and I, I, I couldn't be happier obviously cuz i'm doing what i love but at the same time if if it didn't and if it didn't go my way and i didn't get you know made some of the bounces and and it just didn't, I, know I I would be okay because I would have other things that I like to do. And I would still be around the game of hockey and, I, and I'd, I'd want to go into management or, or coaching or whatever. Uh, and, you know, still do other things. But, you know, I think that the most important thing is that you, that you realize that you have to give yourself every opportunity to be able to do something. You have to work your as hard as you can. And, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't work out, but sometimes it does, right? Um, and then from a team perspective, I think as a team... You know that 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 year against washington we really grew we really Mm -hmm. you know realized like you know hey you know we may be young but we're we're pretty damn good like we can we can play against you know the team's best and even though we we lost you know to them it was it was great motivation to come back and and to get better for the next year and we improved i think we had a 100 point season the next year i think it was yep yep. and uh and we were one of the top teams and we played against boston who was a great team and we took them you know all the way to game seven right and then the year the next to following year uh, we took them all late game seven again and, and it didn't go our way. You know, game sevens are are, are tough, especially when you're going into uh, into their building. But, you know, each year was different. I thought we improved every year. And uh, I think it's important from a team 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 aspect that you improve. And every year that you you get better, you know, expectations are higher. And and, and that's just how life works. Right. You got to live up to those expectations.
1: Yeah, that pressure's a privilege, and I always felt that way about playing in Toronto. You know, I would get asked about, you know, how do you engage with the media or the fans? And it's like, as players, you want people to care about what you're doing on the ice. Like, you want your fans yeah. to love you. you. We we love, you know, we cherish that. That's what we dream of growing up. No one, you know, dreams of scoring in front of ten people. Yeah. You know, you want the fans to go nuts, and you want the city to have a massive parade after. And yeah. you know, that's and that's where I always admired you know, your consistency was it, it's, it's can be frustrating advice at times and how simple it is, but for young athletes and and it applies across a lot of things like your effort and your attitude and your desire to do it with detail, like that's all you have at your disposal to be controlled for your development. It's all you really need. Yeah. Um, you know, I always thought you did such a nice job of that. And really this, this podcast was part of Inspired by you know a little bit of you know your launch of the gaming company, your launch of um you your charitable uh, function uh, with the Zach Hyman, what's it the Zach Hyman I got it written down, golf classic, mm-hmm. charity um, golf classic. charity golf classic was I I felt I was missing a little bit of that outside interest. I I was missing some of the momentum you can gain from like learning how you learn and having something else to uh, draw positive you know momentum off of because the season. 82 games like it's such a grind. You're going to have, yeah. you know, ups and downs.
0: Yeah, it's a roller coaster.
1: Um, you know, so what has that been like really in, in terms of the E11 gaming company, you know, what was the the launch of that and how involved are you like on the day-to-day in terms of like what does that look like for you?
0: Yeah. Uh no, I I mean it was it was uh, I was awesome. It is awesome. I'm I'm still in it. I think that uh, you know, we touched about it a, a little bit. I think that it's important that you you find things that you're passionate about and whether you make them into, you know, business endeavors or not. You, you know, I always love video games. I always love playing video games. Uh, it just happened that there was an opportunity uh, in the space, in the gaming space was just developing. I said, you know, there's an opportunity here to to start a company and to, and to see where it goes. And I had a, a good friend, uh, Oliver Silverstein, uh, who was in the space, uh, and I knew I wouldn't be able to do this full time because I'm a full-time hockey player. Mm-hmm. I knew that I needed somebody that I could trust that could, you know, properly run the business and operate all the day-to-day things where I can, you know, manage the the, the big-picture stuff and and you know, get on a call once a day and uh, kind of go over our direction. But I I can't, you know, I can't do this every day. It's I have a job, you know, I'm a professional hockey player. So I, um, I was lucky that uh, I had a friend like that who was in the space and who wanted to, you know, start this business with me. So we started Eleven Gaming. Uh, we've since gone on to uh, acquire Soar Gaming and that's kind of part of our network now. We have two companies, Eleven and Soar um, and I can go into it for for hours, but I, I don't know. I don't want to, to bore you with, it, with all of it, but it, uh, it, it's really exciting. Uh, I love it. Um, and like you said, it, it provides uh, like outside momentum when you're at the rink all the time and you, you you go away from the rink and you do something else and you're refreshed and excited to go back to the rink. I think that's really powerful. Um, when you have that extra motivation, you know, you know, when you're, when you want to go work out because you've done something else and, and you're, now you're excited to be at the rink and you're excited to go on the ice because, you know, it's not all about that one thing. Right.
2: Well,
1: and, and, you know, that's something that I try to, you know, embody and, and advise, you know, when asked, you know, about young players is like, try to balance, try to be wide ranging, you know, so you have a wide, uh, you know, skill set of, of you know, tools and tricks to pull from without having a lack of focus, which is something that I think, you know, you balance so well. And in terms of, you know, a lot of the the reason I've launched this podcast now is the concept of leverage, you know, which we've talked about a couple of times where it's like, you're not going to be a maple leaf forever. You're not going to play Forever. And there's an opportunity cost at waiting to pursue some of these dreams. And you lose out on some of the momentum you can gain from starting this now.
0: Yeah, no, I i agree. I mean, listen, like hockey is my my main focus, obviously. It's it's my job. I wake up every day and I think about how I can, you know, better myself as as a as a player. Um but at the same time, you know, you can only put your body through so much, you can only work out for so long, you can only go on the ice for so long. Like you have to you have to give your body a, a break and, and, and let it recover and let it relax. And when you're doing that, you can, you know, do things with your mind and, you know, stimulate yourself in other ways. So, uh, I, I read children's books. I, I read a lot. Um, I started a gaming company. I, I do things in my spare time that aren't, you know, they're not hard on my body. They're not, uh, they're, they're more just to keep me busy and to keep me active and to keep me, uh, to give me interest outside, like I said, so that I can come to the rink and I can be fully focused on, on doing my job. I think that that's really important and 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 it goes, you know, not just with your physical health but with your mental health. You know, when when like you said when things aren't going well at the rink, if you're all encompassed and everything that you do revolves around your life at the rink, then, you know, you're going to it's hard not to bring that home. So to if you have the ability to have outside interests that that propel you and that motivate you while at the same time understanding and maintaining that your main job and, you know, the reason you're getting paid and Thing that you love to do is hockey you have to be able to balance it too and you have to prioritize hockey obviously but it doesn't mean that it's all-encompassing it doesn't mean that you can't do other things i think that that's something that's maybe been frowned upon in the past but in, now and in, you know i think that in light of mental health and everything that's going on i think that you see more hockey players exploring interests outside of hockey and, 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 you know, going on social media and doing other things. And I think that it's great. I think that you're, you know, you're a great example of that, you know, with your, with your, your social media pages and what you're studying with the podcast that, you know, it's okay to, you know, be vulnerable and to do other things. Um, you know, you don't have to look, you don't have to just do one thing because you know, everybody has to think that you're just focused on one thing. Right. I think that, you know, in all walks of life, all, you look at CEOs of big companies you know, they have outside interests that, you know, that they explore and, and it actually benefits them because, you know, when they go to their job, they're, they're all in. Right.
1: And that's what I just Cause I did feel that guilt. Like I did feel, you know, when I was raised and coached growing up, it was, it was hockey 24 seven. How can you be better? It was eat, sleep, you know, uh, dream, train all about hockey all the time. And finally, I just I just decided that the pain of of waiting was too much. Like I, in in my opinion, I was I was being small. I was allowing you know fear of judgment to you know enter into the equation. What's kind of been the catalyst in all of your different ventures, whether it's writing children's books, your charity event, uh, or the, your gaming uh, companies? Like, what was what took you? What do you think it is about you that took you from interest to making it some like a, a a pillar in your life really something you do every yeah. day
0: I think that you know engaging in the community is, is something that's really important I think that um, you know the first thing I did outside of hockey was I, I wrote uh, a children's story and I kind of fell into it in a sense where you know I wrote this story uh, as a short story competition that won in in you know grade eight and I, uh, I worked on it through high school and got it published so before I was even mm-hmm. a professional hockey player um, you know I was a writer and an author so uh, you know going into that you know I knew that teams already knew about that and it didn't you know it didn't make any of them hesitant about you know mm-hmm. drafting me or signing me it wasn't so I said to myself you know if I can be a writer and an author and I can excel at hockey why you know why can't I do other things in the community so we started a charity golf tournament uh, we raised you know a ton of money sick kids one of the benefactors um, and it's been you know extremely positive so if, if you're able to, I think that the key is is managing your time and, and understanding you know where you know how much time you have to put into things and, and and for me, it's always you know when I'm at the rink, you know, we're at the rink as you know, like we're not at the rink all day. We're at the rink no. for a sli- you know, let's say four hours. So when I'm at the rink, I'm four hours all in. like I, when I'm putting my work in, I'm doing everything that I need to do. To maximize my ability, and maybe I do some a little bit of more, th- more when I come home. But I understand how much you know my body can take, and how much is going to make me better. And then I have you know tons of hours to do other things. Mm-hmm. So let's explore them. Let's explore what I like, and, and let's explore you know how we can help our community. And and as a as a hockey player, as a role model, you know starting the the the, the charity golf tournament uh, was a no brainer for me. Uh, and then yeah, it's it's been fun.
1: How do you manage the blend of both? Like, are you someone where you hard schedule in your time? Like, this is okay. I'm going to train from eight to ten, and then I'm going to work on the gaming company. From are are you real scheduled, or do you just are you go off more off feel?
0: Yeah, I, I, I always uh, like I always prioritize prioritize you know my my ho- like the hockey workouts, whatever I need to do. So like now it's a little bit in whack with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So just to, for instance, for my routine, I always wake up. Pretty early, I take the dog for a for a walk in the morning. A Lady goes on her morning because she's the queen, and and uh, whatever she says goes. So she hey, barks at me. Hey, yeah, that's you know truth. how it is with dogs. So I've got to take her out, and then uh, have breakfast, and then I work out. So and you know we have a workout plan from the team, or or, or do your own thing, and. And then I put, so I put my work in in the morning for my my you know hockey and and skills and workout. And then, you know, from noon onwards, I have time to schedule other things. So I have you know business calls for for Eleven Gaming. I, I think about ideas and and how I want to write. Um, you know, my fourth book. I'm working on that. Uh, and then I'm actually I've actually been able to you know mesh uh, now with everything that's going on. I've been able to mesh some of the charity stuff with gaming. So I play in charity charity uh, gaming tournaments, whether it's, it's awesome. Fortnite or Call of yeah. Duty and, you know, just doing something I like and I stream now because I'm able to interact with fans and fans enjoy it and everybody, you know, it's just, I just enjoy doing that stuff and it's not taking away from anything that I do in, in hockey, it's just supplementing it and it's, you know, making me a, a well-rounded person and then and, and in, in tune It you know, it actually makes me a better hockey player because I have other outside interests, right?
1: Well, and holistically, just like mentally, physically, spiritually, you have, you know, you lean on the love of your family and of your dog, yeah. you lean on, you know, uh, your habits around sport for your physical health and work. I mean, working out for us is just second nature, but for a lot of people, it's it's a missing component to their, their well being. you know, and then the mental side, when you can have other interests that you can borrow momentum from, I found it really rewarding, even in, in the young, you know, birth of this, this podcast, uh, tell me. I was at your wedding, and I just wanted to make sure that people were aware of my skill set. <laughs> that I I may end up like so. The podcast is this venture. Then my next uh, goal would be to launch like a for hire business where I could almost like cameo, but for wedding, like wedding I, crashers.
0: Great idea. You know, I have I have a bunch of film <laughs> behind, behind, <laughs> behind the scenes. It didn't it didn't make it into the uh, the actual wedding video because this was some of the later night later night filming uh some iphone filming and uh you are an elite dancer and I, not only that i had comments from uh my non-hockey friends who just experienced it for the first time being like man that connor carrick can move i'm like yeah
1: man i blast at your wedding yeah, we yeah. had such a great time i was yeah. uh for you in alana how's she doing how, how what is life now with the dog what have you guys learned about your relationship
0: yeah you know what we've had her now for uh Actually, this is crazy. So we've had her since uh, October now. Uh, um, so she's 10 months now. And uh, she actually tore her ACL also.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about that.
0: So she we recovered. both, she's just like her dad. We both, she went to the dog park and it was icy and she was playing with a bigger dog. Anyways, she ended up tearing it, which is, you know, just terrible luck. But she's fully normal now. Good. Um, she does rehab. So she went in like this the pool. So it's so funny because like I did all this stuff on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. She's like an underwater dog treadmill. Uh, she does laser. They put the laser on your, your knee like I did. So it's like. It's so funny because I just think about, you know, as a person doing all the stuff and then they have all the stuff for dogs, which is crazy. Anyways, yeah, the routine's great. Um, we're both on the same page. Uh, I spend a lot more time with her, which is nice. As I'm sure you can imagine, you and Lex are probably spending lots of time together. Um, so lots more family time. And uh, yeah, cooking more. Just, it's just. Uh, what have you guys
1: been making? What have you guys been making?
0: Um, I actually baked a cake for her birthday, if you can imagine. That's
1: a, that's a, hey man, effort Is any good from scratch? It was, it was, it was, it was okay. Lexi
0: it was good. I, I liked it. She liked it, but like, it wasn't like, actually, I'll show you a picture. It was pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was,
1: don't it, undercut yourself.
0: No, no, no. It was like, I made the, 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 the icing from scratch. So maybe baking is not my, actually, I, I really didn't like baking. It's way too monotonous. Like you got to well, measure. You can't, everything. you
1: can't, yeah, you can't, you can't oh. go off the.
0: It tasted good, but, like, it's a lot of work. And the cleaning up after is, like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I've
1: been on the cleaning duty mostly with being at home. Lexi but, does most of cooking.
0: Yeah, but, like, uh, for for meals, a uh, bunch of pasta, steaks, salmon. I mean, not not the gourmet uh, cooking that you have going on in your household that I've seen on Instagram. I mean, that's next level.
1: We just plug and chug, man. We, we follow a couple <laughs> of, like, our favorite paleo Instagrammers and yeah. we got a couple books around the house. We kind of just open it up. And I mean, my father-in-law is a chef by yeah, trade. Yeah. So I usually call him like, Hey, yeah. I got halibut. What the hell do I do with this thing? I've seen He's him chop up a,
0: steak before a big slab of meat and just go to work on it. Oh yeah. It's wild.
1: Well, himes um, another question I've been asking every guest is, you know, we are both on quarantine. We haven't talked much about it. We're on quarantine right now with the NHL on pause. And I'm, I've been personally both like grateful for the family time, grateful for what I've learned about myself, grateful for the opportunity to launch this podcast. But there are definitely certain days where I can feel the, you know, the the grief of the world. A lot of people are really struggling right now. You know, it's been a a big chop in routine. What, you know, is, has there been a thought or an emotion that's really, um, let you on fire lately? Like, is there something you've, you're really passionate about what's next? Is there something that you're really doing right now that you've loved? Um, you know what? What has been on your mind lately?
0: Just uh, I guess I mean it's a lot of self-reflecting. It's kind of crazy, um, you know. As an athlete, as you know, you really think that's you know sports kind of are are bigger than everything else, right? And when when all of a sudden you know sports get put on a halt, it's really like a like whoa, like what what just happened? Moment, right? Like I remember we were we were ready to play national in Toronto, and you know the game got canceled, and and everything was kind of just cancel and everything's just been on pause since. Um, and it's, it's just like, uh, it's a pretty humbling when, when, when that happens and when you can't do something that you love to do every day, like we haven't, you know, we haven't, nobody skated in, in six weeks. And, and that's, you know, other than my injury, that's probably one of the longest times I've mm-hmm. not gone on the ice. So like, yeah, you have to, I think it just puts into perspective how much more you have to be a well-rounded person i think that you know i actually got a a message from from dom moore and he's um he's doing some some seminar yeah and, next
1: and, week I'm, ju- yeah. I'm jumping on it yeah
0: right and i thought it was a great idea uh just about you know how you can think about life after hockey right because you know hopefully we both have you know long careers we're both still young but you know when when the, when the season stops and when things stop like you have so much more time in your hands right you're you're working out but there's so much time in in, in the day right so um, just thinking about that and and just spending time with the family um being home you know a lot more is, is is different and it's it's uh it's just you know trying to interact with people online socially um but yeah just trying to be in a routine and and uh you know i think we'll we'll get through this I think everybody just have a, just has to have that you know that positive attitude that uh yeah. you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I think that everybody's practicing the safe policies and, and whatnot and uh, just stick with it and stay positive and we'll, we'll go we'll all get through this it's kind of you know the message I guess
1: yeah that's been really how I've taken it I've you know you get asked the question all the time as a player like what do you want to do when you're done and I've just I've tried to maintain like skill with rollerblading and old school yeah. stick cattling in the street you know like I was yeah. when I was a kid and then you know, training the the best I can with you know the equipment and the space I have, but also it's like a once in a lifetime experiment. It's it's almost yeah. like a fake, hopefully a fake uh, retirement. You know, where we're forced into this, and and you know I'm trying to learn, you know who I am, and without without the sport right now. But yeah. you know, Himes, I got to tell you, like you know you're you're a horse to play with. You know, you were always uh you know had this unassuming style of leadership. And you, you exude that well-roundedness as a person. And, and I think you've, you're a great role model, you know, for, for teammates, for young players. Uh, I appreciate, you know, you talking a little bit about the guilt sometimes that, that's there at the beginning of, of, I mean, it's amazing, right? Like just goes to show how committed the culture of hockey is that you were concerned possibly that people cared that you were an author a children's book author on the side. Like that's how dedicated this sport demands you to be, which is, you know, a blessing and a curse. But uh, thanks for your time today, man. I, you know, I, I always loved our time. And as, as a Toronto Maple Leaf, I, you know, uh, got moved out of town, but I hope you have a, a long career there, you know, being able to be from there and play, you know, with the jersey you grew up worshiping. That's so special. And I uh, I wish you guys all the best, man. You guys got a lot of, a lot of good people in that room.
0: Appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me on. This is, uh, I, I think I'm one of the first, right? What you are. Yep. Be? Yep.
1: You'll you'll be, we're, we're, I think we're going to release. Number four. Number four.
0: Thanks, number four. Thanks, God.
1: God chimed in with uh, number four.
0: Yes. He's going to make everything run smooth, but no, I appreciate you having me on. And and likewise, you know, always enjoyed our, our time together. And I, I think this is great what you're doing. I think that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's exciting and uh, I've been tuning in and, Excited to be a part of the the early goings, and I uh, know that this is just the start. So, congrats to you, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be a listener and a fan.
1: Thanks, man. Well, and and before I let you go, I do want to. How can um, fans, friends, family reach out to you either via social media or to support your your charities? How can they find you?
0: Yeah, the both charities uh, have their own pages. Um, so you can, you know, look on my page and, uh, they have their own separate handles, but feel free to reach out to me on socials. Uh, I'll check the, uh, the inboxes and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, look forward to connecting. And then also, uh, I'm always on Twitch. So you guys can come say hi and you'll get a, a live response from me. So always a fun time. That's awesome. Thanks, Himes. All right. Thanks, Ease.
1: Thank you everyone for joining us today. Thank you to my guest, Zach Hyman. Uh, way I, I missed today talking with Zach, we didn't hit the famous uh, debacle over the belt. So Himes and I with uh, Lou Lamarillo used to run this treadmill test in training camp where you would basically do this treadmill run till failure. And there were other tests involved too. And basically all the scores were weighted. And there was one year I won and there was one year where uh, Zach you know, couldn't compete. He had, he had something, I think, going on with his foot at the time. And then the year prior, I thought I had this belt locked up. And it, it was just, it was sweet. It was this real WD, WWE belt. I've still got it at home. And Himes had run, you had to run all the way to exhaustion. So anything over like 18 minutes on this treadmill test was a good, good score. And you had a, this heart rate thing hooked up and you'd see it skyrocket. And it was, it was pretty, I don't want to say scary, but you'd see your heart rate get all the way up to like, 205 beats per minute you'd have like your max heart rate what was proposed you know by your age and all that and then you'd see like in red you're at like 106 percent of your max heart rate so it's kind of freaky and so Himes who to his credit is a is a horse physically he's got a a motor with no end He's, he's he is very strong he's he's it's how he's really built his career but the treadmill uh like stopped on him at like 1730 something. And he was cruising. Like, I think he was gonna, he likely was on pace to beat me that year. So in theory, Zach Hyman never really officially topped my scores because they calculated that he could have kept going based on his pace and heart rate, which is probably true. But I also never truly beat him because the next year he couldn't compete. So in terms of who the fittest Leaf was, it was a conversation, me, him and uh, Connor Brown always used to, at each other's throats over. We had a competitive group, but that's kind of the the treadmill uh, fitness, fittest uh, leaf in camp story. So I wanted to put that to bed. I also wanted to thank these are these are not sponsored. Uh, again, there are some small companies that I really love right now. Uh, Jana Webb with uh, yoga, yoga Jana is her Instagram. She does a lot of uh, online courses, and it's something that I've used while here on quarantine, just in my own home on rainy days to to do yoga. And that, and then gratified, uh, it's a bar. It's like an almond butter bar that I bought online, uh, that a friend recommended to me. And I'm not really a bar guy. Like I don't like, I feel like I've tried them all and just grown up eating too many of them. I got sick of them, but this one in particular, it's, it's really clean ingredients, uh, low carb, which kind of supports the way that I feel my body higher fat. And it's a, it's a fantastic product. So those are, you know, two places. If you're looking to stay healthy, uh, during quarantine, you can, you can look there. So, and those are a couple of resources that I've used, you know, on quarantine to, to stay healthy and stay vibrant the, the best I can. Kyle, or Colin, you keep thinking I'm saying Kyle with my Midwest accent, but Colin, I, I love the hat you're wearing, the support the locals. I, I Tell me a little bit about the brand because they're up north by you. Uh, I got to, you know, see if they can ship something south for me.
2: Yeah, we need to get you something. Um, yeah, I love this this lid. I love the message that is behind the brand. Um, This is actually a guy I used to work with. Um, We're not really, really close. I've been rooting for him uh, from afar. Um, But a local shop from my hometown, Barrie, Ontario, um, a brand that is basically designed about the message is about supporting local. And they even have this message plastered on their window of their shop um, in downtown Barrie. It says, support the locals is about building a stronger and a more vibrant community. We believe in looking out for our neighbors and extending a hand. The goal is to encourage everyone to support local whether it's a restaurant a farmer or a local shop owner. We have a, all have a vested interest in making our community a better place to live and grow. The people are the city. And I think that's a perfect analogy for what we're trying to do with this segment is is share people that people and businesses that you know are making an impact with us and you know help them get through this covid crisis and he's got sick hats. They got shirts and sweaters. They got to support the local brand. They also have an uh, easy living brand. Um, heck, I got a, a wallet that he made by hand. That's beautiful, that's made yeah. made out of leather, um, which is a beautiful thing. So feel free to check that out if you want to get some um, some new swag and support a local guy from Barrie, Ontario that's that's trying to make his um, a dream.
1: Got to support the dream doers, man. That's what we're trying to do. Give people uh, you know a little bit of insight to, to our guests and you know, uh, that's, that's beautiful. I, the hat is sick too. Like that. Come on. That's what counts.
2: Yeah. Mikey, if you're listening to this, we need some, we need some swag. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so a couple of ways, again, you can, you can shop local, uh, you know, vote with your dollar, try and try and support our local, you know, dream doers best you can out there. So thanks again for our listener. If you're still with us, those are a couple brands. If you're uh sick of not doing laundry from wearing the same sweatpants six or seven days in a row like I've been, uh, or if you're trying to maintain your health goals, those are are some people and some resources that I've used here on quarantine that I've really loved. Again, if you uh, have liked this podcast, please share. Please send it to mom and dad. Uh, Teach them how to podcast. I was actually on the phone with my mom about 10 minutes before we uh, sat down with Zach today trying to explain her how you cannot watch the uh, video on Apple Podcasts. She was trying to explain to me how she how she was basically watching TV on the radio because she was convinced that she did. I had to explain to her that our podcast also lives on YouTube and how that was working. So anyway, uh, share with friends and family. Comment uh, if you if you so please. I, I am so grateful for your support and thanks for listening.